He didn't mention Eminem, though. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to season four. Welcome back to season four of Kingdom Cast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. This is your host, Super Champ Chuck. Uh, my guy, Country's on the top right. My guy, Boogie's on the bottom right. And special guest for tonight, my former roommate back in the Disney College program, class of 07. And he's now covering the Ooh. Detroit Lions as a, as a writer. For in live, my guy from the D, Detroit, Michigan, on Corey Woods. Corey, my dude. guy. What up, dude? Thank you for having me. A real dude from the D. We had to check him out. We had to, we had to definitely had to give him the crash course in the quiz, and he passed with flying colors. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Right>. from the D. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit is y'all some different. Y'all, let's start there. Y'all different. I, I respect y'all. Y'all hardworking, blue collar. Y'all y'all no nonsense, but y'all do get fly. Y'all do get very very fly. Oh yeah, we some trend. We 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 some trendsetters. You know, we don't get our respect for it, but you know, we we, we a little wavy out here. <laughs> hey, y'all running the rap game right now, man. Something I did not expect to see happen, but I mean, yeah, here we are. T Mac. Here comes D Mac popping in out of nowhere. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Oh, speaking of speaking of the D Pauls. <laughs> oh my God! That's how you gonna say hello? Yeah, oh, that's how we start. Relax, relax, that's relax. Crazy! It's almost game day. It's almost game day. Let's that's get crazy. it, game day. What's up, y'all? What's up, Corey? <laughs> What's the deal, man? Not as much, but man. Yeah. A little late. <laughs> but yeah, we here, fellas, man. Uh, week one, you know what I'm saying. But before it gets all that, man, Corey, dude, been 16 years, bro. Since them days, man, it was some good times if it's the way, bro. Definitely was, some, was a lot of a uh, lot, lot of partying and a lot of uh, what they call what they call it now, libations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we definitely got it in, bro. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's great to see you, bro. It's great, and thanks for coming coming on, man. Really appreciate it, bro. So, no, uh, nah, so, hold yeah, on, man. hold on. What kind of partiers, Chuck? Though, Corey, let's let's talk about this for a second. So, I, you know what? so I was—I I think I was one of the older guys in our in our little dorm room, whatever you want to call it. Chuck was timid, man. I, I ain't gonna tell. I can put too much of his business out there. Okay, Chuck that sounds like him, it. He, he, he was he was just he was just chill, you know. Come out, do his do his work, watch watch his watch his sports, and you know, be about his business. He he was fun though. I mean, matter of fact, I know Chuck remember this when they had ESPN the weekend at um yeah. at Disney World. We went and we we went all over that thing, but then we went to I guess one of the Malice first tape tapings, and I think this is way back when it was like Skip, Dana Jacobson, and Jay Crawford. Yeah, cold Ooh. pizza. And cold toward pizza. the end, yeah, I was back in the Bayless, toward, toward the end, I asked Skip Bayless, when it's all said and done, who's going to have a better career, Ladanian Thomason or Barry Sanders? This man said Ladanian Thomason. The whole crowd just went like, oh, but afterwards, <laughs> off the camera, he walked it back. Typical skip, man. He say Burrow yeah. better than Mahomes right now, so that all makes sense, man. <laughs> Which tells you it's all for TV. That's all that tells yeah, you. He, he, walked, he walked that back because, I mean, all respect to LaDainian Thomas, and I mean – one of one of the greatest running backs of all time. I think we all no know doubt. We got it in no doubt. our era. Definitely. He won Barry. No, no, no. no. I seen Barry win by himself. I I seen Barry do it all by himself. 
Yeah, I mean, the line we talk about battle rap. What Averb say? You, Emmett Smith, you needed that line. Me, I'm Barry Sanders. I don't need that block. Hey, I messed it up, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Man, Detroit, the Lions, y'all are no longer the laughing stock of the league. Congratulations. Y'all serious. Y'all had a hell of a career. Y'all got a coach that started off. He started off kind of a joke, Dan, Dan Campbell, and he was talking about biting kneecaps and murdering people. I did kind of like it. How has he won over the city, though? Because he's definitely got y'all right now. Well, a couple of things. Mostly. I but I want to make it clear. I don't got no dog in this fight. They could go out and get – I mean, I, I, cover, I just cover the team. They could go out and get stumped any point this season. It don't make it don't make me no difference. I might have more dog in the fight. Now, if I get assigned to a, if I go somewhere else and cover another team, then hey, I put back on my homer hat. But right now, I'm just focused on the reporting. But to answer your question though, Dan, he's a football guy. I, I, I that's what I just think about him as a football guy. Yeah, you can say the the, the biting the kneecaps, the the wearing the race car helmet for the Grand Prix. You can say that some, you know, crazy antics, but at the end of the day, to his core, he's a football guy. And one of the things that I've personally seen that has transformed that Lions team is they come from Matt Patricia, who did nothing with the New England Patriots, comes over to Detroit, tries to be Bill Belichick, alienated that entire team, alienated that entire locker room and that front office, and the morale was down. Nobody wanted to play for the Detroit Lions. Now you bring, so what did you have to do? You already went ahead and fired a guy in Jim Caldwell saying that nine and seven is not enough. When I think it's crazy, when you are the Detroit Lions, nine and seven is kind of like gold. So you have to, you have to overcorrect a bad coaching fire by bringing in somebody that's kind of like, a cheerleader, somebody that's going to lift the morale, the spirit of that locker room. That is exactly what Dan Campbell has done. They, all of the players, even when they were losing those games, they went out and they fought for him because they believed in what he was talking about because he is a former player. He did put on that Lions jersey, and he does know what these guys are going through. So I think to kind of bring it home, that he, he's turned them from being a laughing stock to being a respectable football team because he's respecting them as men and they want to come in and work for a guy like that who respects them as men and puts them in in his mind the best positions to win. Sometimes he's made some coaching mistakes, but we're seeing week by week he's correcting those. Yeah, and the biggest example yeah. of that uh, dating back to last year, I know like the first eight weeks of the season, you know, the Lions were getting caught up, you know, doing zero blitzes too much and playing a little more man coverage than they should. And they was getting eight of, I think it was like historically bad the first eight weeks on a, uh, I don't know exactly what the stats or everything, but I know from week nine on, they played a little more zone. They cut back on zero blitzing and it, and it helped tremendously down the stretch. So they ended up being like 10th in pass defense. So that's one of the major adjustments they made last year. They kind of got them rolling. So. Yeah, and also, too, what one of those big changes they made within that secondary was they let go of Aubrey Pleasant, who was their former um, secondary coach. Soon as they let him go, you start to see the defense in that secondary kind of 
take take the reins a little bit. They still let's just be real though. They still finish bottoms here, but yeah. they you, you did see them play a lot better over down the stretch. Corey, how do you feel about Aaron Glenn? I still say the verdict is out. I think this is going to be the real season. We see what Aaron Glenn is about. I think last year we saw um, some glimpses of him being a really good coach, just the way that he's um, been able to identify talent with guys like James Houston, a guy who was they put on the practice roster initially, brought him back up, and then him and Aiden Hutchinson both finished um, the season being the rookie leaders in sacks. You see the way that the secondary is responding to him, but now they have all new pieces. So I think this is going to be the real telltale of what kind of coach Aaron Glenn is because you got to think on these first two seasons of his tenure there, they were pulling guys off the practice squad, pulling guys off the street. You just had – because the morale was so low, nobody wanted to come there. They had to get who they could come there. This season, they were actually able to have a little bit of money and get talent that wanted to come to Detroit. So I think – this is going to be where we really see what Aaron Glenn can do with some talent. But I think he's right now, he's a good coach. I think that there's going to be some, um, there's, there's a lot of growth to do with that secondary that we're going to see this season. Yeah. And I seen like they added, um, they added like some pieces that can help improve their secondary too. They added a big acquisition of Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, they added Cam Sutton, they added Emmanuel Mosley. And, and then they drafted uh, Brian Branch out of Alabama in the second round. So, I feel like that's a big upgrade for Detroit on the back end. So, like, Brian, um, just real quick, Brian yeah. Branch is going to be somebody that people need to watch. He is a dog. I mean, he's brought it every day in practice. He's going to put a he he plays at 120 miles per hour per day. It's not just game speed; it's in practice. He's he's putting hats on his own teammates. <laughs> do you think you think he'll play more that Mosley's not playing this week? Absolutely, absolutely. They're gonna they're gonna put him out there because they they trust his decision making, they trust his IQ, they trust that they know that when he gets out there and he sticks to God that that guy's going down. Like I, because Mosley right now is they they cleared him for activity. He's not gonna play tomorrow. But I think he might – I think Branch might see a lot more time just over these these first few weeks because they don't really need to trot Mosley out there so soon and, get you know, have any type of setback or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of Branch tomorrow. So, yeah. go ahead, D-Man. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I was just <laughs> – no, I was going to ask Corey specifically as it pertains kind of to the, the whole culture shift. Um, this is a team, obviously, that, that's coming into the year. You assume it's going to have, you know, division title aspirations. Um, what is the overall feeling about Jared Goff? Um, is this sort of a, a prove-it year for him as he goes into possibly looking for a contract extension? Obviously, the drafting of, of Hendon Hooker is a guy that is a young guy that's now on pup for right now, but a, a person that could thread his job down the line. What's the overall feeling uh, around the building as far as Jared Goff is concerned coming off a good year last year? Well, first off, Jared Goff definitely did him some favorites for what he did last year. I believe last year he finished top five in passing touchdowns and passing yards. Um, I think it was like 29 to nine single-digit interceptions. So that definitely did him some favorites. And also, too, you got to think about Jared Goff's first year in uh, Detroit. Wasn't the greatest year, but you got to look at the factors that surround him. When he first came to Detroit, he had spent his whole life in California from high school college and pro he always played in cali 
out of nowhere, you get dropped to one of the worst teams in the NFC with no weapons. Of course, he's going to have that first year that he had. He, he lost all of his top receivers by week five. And then you have to start trying to hoping that you're able to get your guy, Josh Reynolds, off of the waivers. And then you're able to have to try to form a relationship with Amon Ross St. Brown in his rookie year. So the first year is an aberration. Last year, phenomenal job. You got some weapons around him. Now this year is the year that he has to go ahead and put it together and have a duplicate year of last year. If you have issues with the defense, but Jared Goff is still producing the way that he's producing, I believe that you should give him an extension. Because if this guy is throwing, let's just say hypothetically, he throws something like 35 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So he ups his touchdowns and keeps himself in single-digit interceptions. Why do you need to move on from that? He's not even 30 yet. What what are you going to blow the what are you blowing it up for? If he's still producing among the top quarterbacks in the NFC, yes, go ahead and reward him. I think though that if they get into the playoffs and it's because of him, they need to go ahead and give him an extension. One thing about Jared Goff is this when you have the talent and the pieces around him, sometimes he may not go ahead and win you a game, but he's not gonna lose it. He doesn't make bad decisions with the football. So I mean, Hendon Hooker's there. You got to draft him. You got to draft that quarterback. They got to draft him where he was because, hey, if Hooker does come back healthy, we've seen what he did at Tennessee. And if he had he not got injured, he definitely would have went higher. So it's, it's it's something there. But, you know, if golf comes out and performs, you got to reward him. You think the Lions can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as the quarterback? Damn, buddy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I Let's let's say crawl before we walk before we talk about Lions and Super Bowl. But what we can say is though, we've seen Jared Goff get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, true that. We've seen Jared Goff. We've seen Jared Goff take a team to the Super Bowl. And what, what, what's the shame? What's the shame in losing to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? No shame at all. I mean, he was in the game the entire time. And then do the Bucks count though? Because we lost to the Bucks. Do the Bucks count? <laughs> Is it any shame losing to Tom Brady in the Bucks? It's no shame in losing to Tom Brady. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just make it sure. It's no shame in losing to Tom Brady. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, he, I, I don't. I, I think that he can get the Lions to a playoff game. I believe that he can do that. I, Super okay. Bowl. We're, we're we're talking about a place that this franchise has not seen an NFL championship since 1957. So let's just say, yeah, I, 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 Super, Super Bowl, I don't know, but playoff, yeah, I think it get them to the playoffs. Okay, so okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit. We had a guy named Alex Smith come over from San Francisco, and he was good. He wasn't great. I think he taught us how to win, though. So, is 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 golf just like a super bridge to the next guy? Do you feel like he could be if, – if Hooker ends up being the next guy, could he be like that bridge that did you, he taught him how to be a pro? He taught him how to prepare and come and teach you how to win. Like, I think Alex Smith taught our organization how to – well, along with Andy Reid too. But I think as a quarterback, he taught us how to win. You think golf can play that role? I think golf can play that role. I think I, golf is – I mean, before he came to the trade, golf was a, was a, a multiple-time Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, if you go look at his stats outside of when he had that jacked up thumb, golf could put up numbers. They may not always look like he may not look like a Patrick Mahomes. He may not look like an Aaron Rodgers, but 
Oh, oh Corey, Corey, Corey. Now we seen him look like Patrick Mahomes one time. Oh, we did, we did, we did. We seen him look. We seen it the Monday Night Football. We seen it. We, <laughs> we seen the best we of Jared Goff. <laughs> Believe me. But we, we, I'm talking about as far as just like um, I got you. I got the you. Skill, the skill, like being able to roll out and throw dimes on a, on a, on a rope like that. But at the same time. You don't need him to. You need golf to just to go out there and win games. He's done that. He's proven that with the right talent around him, he can go out and win you games. That is why the Lions were able to finish on the back end the way they were. Once him and Ben Johnson kind of figured it out, the offense just took off. And one and credit to Ben Johnson for this. One thing that Anthony Lynn did not do during golf's um, first season in Detroit, because that's one reason why Anthony Lynn is no longer in Detroit. Anthony Lynn was stubborn and staying to his own play, but Ben Johnson decided to get with golf, working him on the offseason to figure out things that golf liked to do while incorporating his own mindset. So what did they do? They went and saw some of the things that Jared Goff did well with the, uh, with the Rams and then incorporated those some of those elements into the play into the playbook, and then they incorporated some of their own type of little twists and spins, and that's how come you saw golf have one of his best years of his career. Yeah, and Ben Johnson is certainly one of the best offensive minds in the game. It's going to be interesting to see what new wrinkles he brings to the table. Um, so that kind of leads into my next question. New guys, new faces within the Detroit Lions. The two rookies to me that are going to stand out and, and certainly play a role uh, tomorrow night's game, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta. What are those guys, you know, kind of bringing to the offense and, and the buzz surrounding them as they've gone through training camp and preseason? Sam Laporta just been catching everything. I think he's going to just be a stud of an athlete. The way that he routes runs, his route definition, his hands, his um, ability to create a little bit of separation, he's going to be nice. But the X factor is going to be Jameer Gibbs. I, I don't like doing those cheap comparison saying, oh, this guy's going to be like Alvin Kamara or this guy's going to be like this guy, but you see it. This Out of the backfield, Josh, I asked Josh Reynolds this about um, Jameer Gibbs, like, where are you seeing from him early on? He said, there's not too many guys that can move like that. Out the backfield, he can just take off. You can line him up at wide out as well, and he'll go out and go do his thing. There, you can put him on any place of the field and he's going to produce. And that is one thing that Ben Johnson said that he uh, plans to do. Um, I'm not saying to say it to be tomorrow, but he said throughout the season, he's going to use Jameer Gibbs in ways that defenses are not going to see coming. That is going to be very unconventional. He's just that dynamic of an athlete. He has power. As soon as he has power, he doesn't, he doesn't run, you know, East and West, he's going straight ahead. He's he's embracing the contact. He's trying to go through those holes. He's trying to go ahead and create that separation. His first step is lethal. It's almost like, to equate it to basketball, it's almost like a Derrick Rose type first step when it's prime years. Once he hits that crease, you're not getting him. So I think Jameer Gibbs tomorrow, it could be one of his coming out parties. Who knows? Yeah, Dude, how do you feel like the loss of um uh the kid? What's the kid, Jameson Williams? Williams? How do you feel like that? How do you think that affects the whole team? Is that a, a huge L or is it something y'all can get over? He's out for what six games? He's out for six games. So Jameson Williams is out for six games. He right now has an injury as well, so 
he's not allowed to be in um, in the team facility for like about three weeks or whatnot. So that, he, there's that. But he can't play for six weeks at least. I think he may not even really be come back. So maybe like around week nine or something like that, depending on how this hamstring injury is. But to answer your question, they need to replace their production from DJ Chark, who left last year. They don't really need to really replace the production from Jamison Williams because Jamison Williams didn't play towards the end of the season last year anyway. So there is really no telling what he can really do. We're, we, we can talk about the potential of what he can do, but for the past couple of seasons, the Lions' leading receiver, second leading receiver has been Khalif Raymond, and he's going to be there tomorrow. So what you're hoping for is a Ross St. for the Lions. What they're hoping for is a Ross St. Brown comes out and does his thing. Khalif Raymond continues to just produce and be the utility player that he is. You hope that Josh Reynolds is able to make a couple of plays. And then you got Marvin Jones back in the fold. You're hoping that he can be able to produce something as well. Jamison Williams, the, the luxury of having him would, would have been nice for the Lions tomorrow, but – you're not missing anything per se because you still have three of your main weapons you were throwing to last year returning along with Marvin Jones. And you got, and you also have Gibbs who's going to be a factor in that passing game along with Sam Laporta. It's hard to miss what you barely had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say that. Um, yeah, man. Um, I'm going to go back to Jameer Gibbs real quick. I have here, been hearing rumors about him and how he's been using his offense too, and he's the one guy that, that I'm like, dang man. So hopefully he don't really kill us in this in this game tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because he does have that ability to go off. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I heard stuff about him having the ability to run down the field like a wide receiver, basically. So it's gonna be interesting to watch. It's gonna be interesting to see how they use him tomorrow. So. Yeah, I've been in in, the, in um in, in practice. You saw a lot of play action. You saw him catching a lot of passes over the middle, but you also, like I said, you also saw him lining up as a wideout, and he can run routes. So, like I said, I, I have no idea what Ben Johnson has planned. I mean, we're all going to see tomorrow, but it would not be – it would not shock me if you see Jameer Gibbs end up with a stat line of somewhere between, like, let's say he rushes for, like, maybe around 85 yards, and he also has 75 yards receiving. wouldn't shock me. I want to ask you about uh, the Lions I look on the season overall. So this is really the first time, I think in my lifetime, I haven't seen the Lions get popular as far as being a popular pick to win the NFC North. Um, I mean, I mean, how do you how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like the Lions are ready to go ahead and take over that division? On paper, it sounds good, but this is maybe where I'll throw on the fan hat for a quick second. On All paper, right. it sounds good. Here's why it sounds good on paper. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion, were one of the worst, best teams last year. The record was great, but they were beatable. I don't trust Kirk Cousins long-term as a quarterback. You go to the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, you see the talent, but you also look at everything that Chicago Bears has, not enough there. Then you get down to Jordan Love in the, in the Green Bay Packers. This is the interesting part where I say you got to throw on the fan hat for a quick second. Again, it's kind of scary. Green Bay had Brett Favre, and then after they got tired of his mess, they <laughs> said, you know what? We're kicking you out the door. 
and we're going to go ahead and elevate Aaron Rodgers, who ain't really played a lick. And then Aaron Rodgers dominated the, the NFC North for another 12, 15-plus years. Then they got sick of Aaron Rodgers stuff, and they pushed him out the door. Now you uploading Jordan Love. I think it would be insane if you can go from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think that's ever been done. But having said that, for them to go ahead and not play that dance with Aaron Rodgers again, they see something in Jordan Love, which made them feel comfortable to go ahead and make that move. So I say that this could be the Lions' best shot to take the NFC North because they have the talent and they have the um, experience. But don't know what Jordan Love is. You don't know what the Packers have up there, Steve, with Jordan Love. So right now I'm going to say, yes, this is their – they can go ahead and do it. But it would not shock me if the Packers have a better season than people think. Yeah, they, they, they can't possibly hit lightning and – they can get lightning in the I bottle. Three straight look times, it, but you never, you never know. <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback would be lofty to say the least. But he, I will say he looked good during preseason. You get it, you look, and the kid got tools. He went in the first round for a reason. So he doesn't need to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Not at all. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think he, he could do that because I, I think the Packers got a, a, an interesting uh, roster to say the least. And the Packers, they they underrated on defense too. I think people kind of sleeping on their defense, man. They got some nice young pieces back there. I mean, they, they have the pieces, there. but they they just don't put it together for whatever reason. They they have to put it together at some point, I assume. But they they have a lot of talent on paper, but their defense always underperforms. But I, I like what they did in the offense. So it, I think that uh, your division, the NFC North, is going to be incredibly interesting, incredibly um, competitive this year. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think I think I think that people just. Penciling the Lions in based off of last year. And here's what people are doing right now. Because the Lions were able to go eight and two on the on that back end, and then they were able to knock out Aaron Rodgers and the Packers when there was something on the line for the Packers. And now Aaron Rodgers is no longer in the division. Everybody said, okay, Lions upgraded, and they did that with in, inferior defense. They should be the proverbial favorite. But as we all know, it does not always work like that. I, but again, I think the Lions got I think the Lions got a shot to go ahead and pull it off. I think for them, it would take them getting 11 games to go ahead and get that division. I mean, last year they finished five and one in the north. Mm. And then they could have and they could have um they could have went undefeated had um Dan Campbell not made a coaching blunder and called that timeout during the Minnesota game, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? When we started uh, winning, uh, the fan base, I need you to put your fan hat on real real fast. So when we started actually winning consistently, it was still people that were still, like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Are the fans still in that mode, or or have they embraced it? Okay, we've, we've, we on that next level, or that next plateau, like – have they embraced it yet, or are they still? Is it still a little doubt? I think it's. I think it honestly depends on the Lions fan you ask. I think it's here in Detroit. I believe it's split, split fifty fifty. I think there are some fans that look at this team on paper like this has to be the year they do something. Not win a Super Bowl, but at least get to the playoffs. That's what fans are wanting. They want. They're wanting. 
the the logical the, the logical fan is wanting a playoff appearance and hopefully a division crown. But then you have the old school guard who's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> the other shoe is gonna drop. We don't know where it's gonna drop from, but it's gonna drop. And I think there are still some waiting for that. So it's a new season. We got to see what these pieces look like when they trot them out there because, again, these guys did not play preseason together. Granted, Dan Campbell did do some things during um, during the training camp to simulate real-life situations. Uh, one of those things they did was that they went ahead and they had, like, these gigantic speakers on the field to, to simulate the noise and how loud it's going to be. They had these guys play real um, – Four quarter minutes, you know, each one, each 15 minute quarters and all the starters were out there. All those guys were, you know, hitting each other and whatnot. So even though they didn't play the preseason, they were still able to simulate, you know, playing together. But until they go out and play against meaningful football and tomorrow it counts until they're able to show it up on the field. That's where we're going to see what these guys really look like. That's that's going to be the most interesting thing. Go ahead, Chuck. And speaking of that, I, I definitely want to get into that because you because you mentioned about the simulated noise and all that. This is Jared Goff's first time ever going to Arrowhead Stadium. He's never played at Arrowhead Stadium. He's played at nope. all the other stadiums in the league. This will be his first time. Now, the thing with Jared Goff is, while he is a good quarterback, while he is a talented quarterback, the road woes have been a thing with him throughout his career. So, I mean, uh, but based on how this season is going to play out this year, I mean, do you feel like Jared Goff can finally get over that hump a little bit and start racking up some road wins more often than what he's been accustomed to? If the talent that they acquired this offseason plays to their potential, yes. If not, no. It's really just that simple. It's just that black and white. You got those pieces. You 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 trade. You got, you got rid of – they got rid of Jamal Williams, and they got rid of um, DeAndre Swift – to bring in a brand new backfield, one that he's not familiar with. They brought in some, they brought in one of their um, former pieces in Marvin Jones. You still got to wait for um, Jameis Williams to come back. If they're able to put all of those pieces together on talent and they all perform their job, yeah. But right now, you know, we won't see what this offense looks like against different talent until tomorrow. Yeah, and that's going to be the question, Mike. You're going out there. Everybody is in that's it's not just offense either because it's the the secondary, which obviously has a lot of new pieces. The second level of the defense, as you try and work in Jack Campbell and, you know, with Alex and Zaloni as well. Obviously, you're you're relying on a lean to kind of step up and be even more of an interior presence. So that's a lot of lost a lot of weight. He like, yeah. Do you, do you think that that's indica- uh, indicative of them trying to go more even fronts, or do you think that it, it's just he's just not going to play a lot of true nose um, as far as that's concerned? Like, I, I've heard the same thing, that he has lost weight and he's moving a little bit better. Do you think that's a, a scheme change or just him trying to be a better No, it's not, it's not a scheme change. He just wanted to dedicate himself to being a better athlete mm-hmm. and um, be, be more in shape, that he, you know, get more flexible – just main, you know, maintain his diet. I mean, he's still big. He's still a big mm-hmm. guy. I still see him playing and, and being used in the summer season of last last year. He just wanted to just be in better shape and get a little bit more stronger. And we're we've definitely seen a, a, a mean streak out of him again. It was in practice we seen that mean streak. Him going up against that one of the top offensive lines in the league. So we're going to see tomorrow what that's going to be like. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be certainly interesting, like you said, to see all these pieces kind of come together um, in a hostile environment. Uh, I know all the Chiefs fans are certainly the I think they cannot have a better litmus test than to go to air, have to play the defending champions at one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Yeah, and you, you talk about the culture, you know, of the, the team changing with Campbell kind of bringing into more of an uplifting personality. But going into the season in which you really have real expectations for the first time in a while, this is the, your measuring stick to start out. Say, look, we're, we're starting at ground zero. We're bringing in all these new pieces. This is our let's see how far away from the best of the best in a hostile environment we truly are. Um, and obviously, they're. We have we are down a few players, uh, but it's still going to be an incredibly tough test for this team. And I'm sure Campbell will will be able to get a lot of evaluation out of this, no matter which way it goes. We just had a loud thunder out here. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both teams are missing players, man. I mean, I know there were some Lions fans on the timeline that surprised me. They was like, they was kind of disappointed that Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey more than likely are not going to be playing. But I'm like, hey, so, I mean, y'all got some injuries, too. I mean, it just it is what it is, man. It's football. But just to get to the game real quick, bro, um, the, the few things I'm concerned about uh, for us going against y'all, like on the defensive end, y'all got one of the best offensive lines in the league, league yourselves, man, like from tackles, guards, and center, man. Y'all pretty stacked in that area. And I feel like without the big fella in the middle, Chris Jones, I feel like that's where y'all going to take advantage in the run game. And if that happens – I fear the play action passing game because dating back to what we've been saying about Ben Johnson and how he's been an offensive genius, right? Like Jared Goff thrives really well off those play actions. And, you know, some of the I film I was watching, bro. Stock and trade. Yeah, dog. Like Ben knows how to scheme it up, dude. Like I was seeing cats getting open on outs. I was getting cats get open on them, uh, them slants, the little posts, whatever, or the little – um. Or I know I, I remember like in that Cardinals game, St. Brown, he acted like he was blocking the run game, but he ran like a little shallow, and then he turned it up, and uh, it was for a score. So that's just that's just the one thing I'm concerned about with y'all, man, because y'all really good at the play action pass. We gotta get your run game going. I mean, and as I think I said, with the addition of um, with the addition of Jameer Gibbs, I think it's only going to get better. But also, too, don't count David Montgomery out of out of that equation right. as well. They've been doing some play action stuff with him as well, and. He's been the, through all of the offseason additions that they've made. This is the one guy that has been getting overlooked for how good of a camp he has. And real quick thing, I don't want I don't want to say that these are two are related, but I remember when the Jonathan Taylor news started coming out around the coats. I just surveyed the Lions fan base here, and people were talking about, oh, the Lions need to try to see if they can go ahead and go flip. David Montgomery for Jonathan Taylor. I thought it was a stupid like thing. what? I thought it was a stupid thing to even suggest. But having said that, like I said, I don't want to say these two are related. That next day in practice, David Montgomery was treating his defense like they were another defense. The way <laughs> that he was stiff arming them, throwing them around. He's a really quiet guy. He was demonstrative. He was showing. Like he was mad throwing the football down. He was just he was he was on one. So I'm not maybe he heard the chirping, maybe he didn't. But what you what we did, what I at least saw that day was a guy like, hey, if this guy gets ticked off, he runs angry and he punishes people and he may and he wants them, he he embraces the contact. So I mean 
that 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 career is ahead tomorrow. Just gonna throw that out there. He's a good running back compliment to Gibbs for sure. Yeah. Question for everybody: What matchup are y'all looking forward to the most tomorrow? Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I'll just say here. one. I'm looking forward to seeing what a mom Ross St. Brown does against uh, the Chiefs secondary. Here's why. This yeah, is a guy that. that does not get the credit of being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, is he a Jamar Chase? Is he a Justin Jefferson? No, he is not. But when you're talking about production, reliability, hands, playmaking, route running, route definition, being able to break away, you have to count, you have to consider him as one of the top in the in the league. And because the Lions have not been so great his first two years, I mean, yeah, they finished nine and eight last year, but I was after a one and six start. If he's able to show up tomorrow against the Chiefs secondary, this will be his coming out party because it's going to be on the national stage. So that is my that's the matchup that I have in mind. What is Amon Ra going to do? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say Amon Ra. You took the words right out of my mouth because, like, um, whether it's going to be Trent lined up on him. I don't know about Legere's sneeze stats. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, whether it's Jalen Watson or maybe Josh Wynn's got to take on this assignment. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chief Secondary is going to be able to handle Amon um, uh, Ra, you, you know, those situations. You know, yeah. just to make sure not give up the big play with him. Absolutely. And, and I think that Amon is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and, and I think you saw that consistently throughout last year. And so how they decide to match up with them, um, it's going to be certainly interesting how they decide when they decide to put Trent McDuffie on him. It's going to be incredibly intriguing. Um, a matchup for me, and I, I think this offense is going to be fine from our side. So, and, and I think the offense for the Lions is going to put up points too. But it, it starts with, with the two guys that I mentioned at the top. I mean, Gibbs and Laporta controlling the middle of the field, giving golf easy buttons over the, the middle of the field as Ben Johnson schemes them up and also Amon Ra as well. This defense we know at times had troubles with the spine. Um, so how this linebacking crew shows up, um, especially with Drew Tranquil coming in, how the safety duo comes in and, and plays at a high level and we see what Mike Edwards and Shamari Connor rotate in on, how those guys perform is going to be the, the biggest key to me. I, I think they will give up plays. I think that's going to happen, especially without Charles Aminihu and Chris Jones, we can have big up front. But those guys, if they could just play, you know, all right, you know, I'm not even expecting anything special, but just all right and not allow, you know, Gibson Laporta to wreck the game plan from a defensive perspective, then you got a chance to kind of survive out there and try and create some negative plays. So that that's the big matchup for me, that those guys, the secondary pass catchers versus the middle of our defense. <laughs> oh, um, sure. Y'all really covered it. I just want to see them unnamed guys on the defensive line. Who's going to step up? Charles is not here. Chris is not. He's not coming today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But who's going to step up? Coburn? Naughty? Is he going to play better than he's played in the last couple of years? Who's going to step up and take that new role? It's going to be the new guy that we just got from the Raiders, uh, Farrell. So, like, somebody, somebody's going to have to put the onus on themselves to step up and say, I'm not going to let them gash us for – 200 yards, you know what I'm saying? And we are raising the band. Like, this is a hell of a night, and we can't go down like this. Somebody pride is going to come into play. So I want to know who, who's going to be that guy. <laughs> go, 
I, I want to see Hutchinson against our tackles, man. I feel like I've been saying something about our tackles all offseason. I think this is going to be a good test. I, I, I want to see that that matchup a lot. He he should be a double-digit sack type Pro Bowl type player this year. So this will be a good test out the gate with those tackles. He's a beast on Madden, that's for sure. <laughs> you yeah. can get enough. For me personally, um, I, I'm interested to see uh, whether Spags have to go to the Blitz early on. I'm interested to see how many times Spags have to go to the Blitz. You know, if if the Chiefs are getting dominated up front early on, um, I'm interested to see the adjustment that Spags not to make as far as, like, creating pressure. Because, like, if Jared Goff is just back there just having the time of his life, uh, throwing the football, it's gonna be some trouble. So it's gotta be, it's got to be a way to create pressure if we're not getting there with four early on. So that's I the fully, thing. I fully expect us to blitz Spags to give us a blitz special this week with no we Chris do. Jones. I, I'm, I'm all in on it. Again, yeah, you off this line. I think you're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, you ain't got no choice. And it'll okay, be. One thing's, okay. No, okay, no. One yeah. thing we we not mentioning. Um. We got this little quarterback. He's known to have week one games, like great games. He hasn't thrown an interception. I think he's undefeated on the opening day games. How how are we going to stop that in Detroit? Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that's how right there. Look. <laughs> They're, they're, they're going to rely on this young, they're going to rely on this young secondary and they're, they're going to hope that they can, uh, without Travis Kelsey, slow down the wide receivers um, and, and hope to get after him on the edges. I mean, we, we've seen at times that if you're able to put pressure around the edge, then you can give Mahomes some issues. And so that's going to be the question mark if, if James Houston and, and, uh, and Aiden Hutchinson can give the tackles problems. So that, that's one it. One thing I'm really interested, I'll say is, and I, and I wrote about the other day is, um, Dad Campbell talked about creating turnovers, and Brian Dukerum, who is now one of the defensive backs coach for the Lions, talked about, you know, having to um, how having a scheme against them. But the one thing that kind of gave me some pause is that when Duker was with the Ravens, um, Patrick Mahomes kind of had some success, a lot of success. And as soon as he left, the Ravens got a W. So I'm kind of curious to see like what kind of way he's going to go ahead and um and scheme up things for guys like um Gardner Johnson and um Sutton tomorrow, who's um because you you granted it's great that Duker has seen Mahomes more than anybody probably in that Lions building, but at the same time, if you've seen the guy a lot and you have not had success for him, you know how do you kind of I'm curious to see how he schemes against him now because he even acknowledged himself that hey. Mahomes has gotten better and better and better. So that, that's that's also one thing that I'm going to be looking at tomorrow as well. And um, just so I just want to add this one little tidbit. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Keep an eye on him tomorrow and keep an eye on that defense because one thing that I've seen in Lions practices, before he got there, not to say that these guys were not hype and amped to play, but they just came. They were lunch pill guys. They came in, they did their job, and they went home. The arrival addition of him has raised not just the intensity of the secondary, it's raised the intensity of the entire defense. 
they now play with a similar swagger to when they to when the Lions had Indomitian suit. Mm. I consider the addition of a of, of Chauncey Gardner Johnson to like when the Detroit Pistons added Rasheed Wallace. Mm. Got a guy mm. that, that comes in that locker room and makes guys believe that. Not saying the guys aren't good, but make them believe better than what they are, and they play beyond their real expectation. So that's going to be something also that I'm, I'm curious to see what comes out of the Lions secondary tomorrow because the defense is a hold them up because they feed off of this energy. He's a he's braggadocious. He talks a lot of trash, but those oh. guys love him. Well, you know, okay. the good news is some nice air for Chauncey. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have to worry about anything as far as his cleats are concerned. We got some nice airhead grass for him. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. What <laughs> <it is. laughs> he did a hey, lot look. of chirping after that stool bowl. He did a lot of chirping. Yeah. No. We, we know you work for the Pistons. If you have any contact on Rasheed Wallace, the biggest Chiefs fan that I know, uh, pass that information along if you if you will. All right. <laughs> I love Chief. <laughs> now, um, another thing is, I, I, I'm in the camp of rest, Kelsey, because you get 10 days, and, and why risk it? You know what I'm saying? So let's say Kelsey doesn't play. Now you have seven wide receivers that, granted, nobody's really seen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's kind of like a question mark. We, we, don't, we don't know what they're going to do under the lights. How does that like? How do the Lions prepare? Are they like, yo, Kelsey ain't there? We good. We we can we can handle the rest of these guys. Do do are you overlooking, or is it? Do you feel a sense of uh, they they taking it lightly? That that did they let out a breath of? Did you exhale a little bit? Because if Kelsey's there, you're not exhaling. You you up. You know what I'm saying? So with him not there, because Derek, you- Derek, Derek, Derek Barnes mentioned Kelsey specifically uh, when I was asking him about about the preparation. He mentioned him specifically, like as a guy that he has to keep his eye on. But I don't think the Lions are going to be taking their foot off the gas, whether Kelsey is there or not, because of the hype train surrounding this team. If they go out tomorrow and they lose. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But you cannot go out there and look like a lack of lackadaisical team, like you're just out there slouching it just because Kelsey's not there and there's question marks surrounding the, 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 the Chiefs wide receivers because Patrick Mahomes is the guy where he can make chicken bleep into chicken salad. You can say it. Go ahead. So it's um, you, you can't yeah, take the, you, know you can't it, take the you can't take the the, the um the pedal off. So mm-hmm. I mean, and at the end of the day, when it comes down to the winning the division crown, nobody's gonna care who, who those receivers are if the, the Lions can go out there and get a get a W. So no, they're not they're not taking the foot. I don't think they're taking the foot off the gas. They're taking it very, very seriously because they know that they. If they lost tomorrow, it's a close game. So be it. They know they cannot go out there or get and get blitzed, or it will be. I I remember a team that was that was on the cuffs of being a great team. They were ready to win, and it was opening night, and it was a ring ceremony, and they had a young rookie running back, and that rookie running back had the game of his life. And that team was the Kansas City Chiefs against the Patriots. Boy, Kareem Hunt did have a day. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, yeah, he, balled, was, he balled out. He, he fumbled on the first play and didn't fumble again for what two years or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm saying that young, hungry, up and coming team, which I can put us, I can compare us in Detroit to that. It's gonna be a buzzsaw. I think they're gonna come. You have nothing to lose, like you said. You have nothing to lose, and you got ten days to get it back right. So you can just leave it all out on the field. So I'm just hoping that we. But my quarterback is very petty, so I think that we can. He he can't lose on better. <laughs> <laughs> I know Detroit gonna bring it, man. It's just I just believe in his pettiness more than I believe in anything in this world, and he cannot lose raising that banner in Arrowhead that night. I, I don't, but I think Detroit's gonna bring it though. Oh, they're definitely gonna bring it. I, I I have it being a really close game. I still have. I'm gonna be honest. I've been. I've still been waffling on what I'm actually going for as far as a final score. Who I get the win? I I'll be committed by tomorrow. I, I gotta do some more. I gotta do some more because there's so many factors now involved. I'm like, okay, Kelsey's gonna play. Okay, they, the Lions might be able to. Keep it within two scores, but now we don't know if Kelsey's going to play or not. Playing to play tomorrow now. Okay, wait a minute. They might have a shot to be able to keep this close down the stretch. I, I, I've been waffling. I'm not going to lie, but I know for the Lions fan base, regardless of whether they win or lose, the game has to be close for them tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that, that'll be it. That'll be an extremely deflating start to the season if you go in there and get blown out. Yeah. Yeah, it's blown out. They they can't get blown out. They they cannot get blown out because because the thing about it is, if they go out and they lose a close game, okay, boom, you get to shake it off. You got Seattle, and um, you got Seattle coming up after that, and that's going to be the day after the Barry Sanders statue reveal. So then, boom, hmm. you go ahead and get some good get some good fortune in your way. But I mean, you, you gotta win one of those two games. But like, but again, with, with tomorrow specifically, just not to sound like a broken record, you cannot get blitzed. You can't get blitzed off the building. Mm-hmm. Now, Corey, I got a question in um, regards to this Lions team in general. Um, if you, if there's like a weakness that you point out with this Detroit Lions team, that's something that they can improve on, despite the draft selections and the. Uh, Acquisitions they made for AC in the offseason. Like, what's the one thing the Lions still need to work on to get better as a team overall? Hmm, that's a good question. I thought there was a sound effect. Because here's the thing they addressed the areas that were the biggest concerns that that secondary that secondary was just bad i mean they were getting they were getting they were getting smoked you the lions had to go out and just really pretty much just do, i mean of course you got to win more points score more points to win the game but lions literally just had to go out and put points on the board to win games because that deep because that secondary was so bad so they wouldn't address that i think they could improve in the linebacking course so i'll say that um i think Derek barnes he got better in the offseason. I'm curious to see how um, James Houston is gonna gonna be because now they're trying to go ahead and throw him around with that with with the Sam linebacker. Something I don't really agree with too much. I think you need to go ahead and let him and Aiden Hutchinson go ahead and rock out. But Charles Harris is back healthy, so we're gonna see how that um, plays into things starting tomorrow. But I would say um, 
I'll say with the linebackers, they need that that could improve down the line. But again, Anzalone's back, Derek Barnes improved. Maybe they'll maybe they'll show out um tomorrow. But they definitely the area they definitely do need to improve is at wide receiver. I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but the Lions do not have a true number two target. Khalif Raymond was the number was second in you know receiving yards over the past couple of years, but he's not a in my opinion, he's not a true number two threat. He's a guy that can go produce for you, but not a not a true threat. So I think once they're able to get that true threat, they will be able to go ahead and take it off. But who knows? Like I said, Jameer Gibbs, you can line him up any kind of way. Maybe he'll go ahead and kind of have Ben Johnson do some, you know, quirky stuff with that. So, so everybody keeps saying it's shootout. If, if it's a shootout, does that make Gibbs one-dimensional? Does that take him out of the game? Oh, no, I think you can do you can do so many. It's so many things they've done with Gibbs I've seen in practice that, like I said, it would not surprise me if he had near 100 yards rushing in, 100 yards receiving just with the way they use him. Start well, Gibbs on that your fantasy team. I even went up to 100. I said close. I'm not, not 100. I said near. <laughs> that's near it. I'm starting Gibbs. <laughs> Start Gibbs on your fantasy, man. I'm He's starting. about to – PPR, baby. PPR. Yeah. <laughs> he come yeah, with 25 yeah. points this week, man. Definitely put him on your tickets for props, too. I mean, I guess that's going to hit easily. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a good game. I think this is the old, not the old lion, but the current champ. And it's one of the young pups ready to challenge the throne. You know what I'm saying? They might not be. Exactly, ready, ready to challenge the throne, but they got the heart to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's gonna be a hell of a game. We um, can't let y'all take the throne though on Banner Night, man. It's just ban- Banner Night means something different, man. We cannot lose on Banner Night, bro. I'm just sorry. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I will. I hate to see that happen, but uh, I do respect the Lions. I think the Lions are up and coming. I think the Lions are gonna be good, and they still they they need one more year, and then they'll be on that level. Uh, that where they competing with, they they in that conversation. You feel me? So uh, unless Philadelphia just add the whole Georgia to their team again in the draft, like they do. <laughs> and, 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 and and don't forget the Lions sent some Georgia over there too with DeAndre Swift. Mm, yeah. yeah, they did. They sure yeah, they did. did. <laughs> but but yeah, man. But yeah, man. Um. I, I am rooting for the Lions. You know, I hope they do have some success this year. I, I mean, I did like how they finished out the back end of the year. Um, but like you mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, there is that fear, you know, the other shoes uh, falling on the – dropping on the wrong foot or whatever you want to call it. Um, because, like, just because the popularity of them getting picked for the North, it's like, okay, um, I never seen this before. Um, I don't know now. I know they're going to be a playoff team, but are they actually going – are they really going to win the division now? But – at the end of the day, I think the Lions are going to be in the mix regardless. You know what I'm saying? So, um, hopefully they'll get a good matchup in the first round. And then uh, we'll see how it's from there. They get a home game, they would be good, man. Yeah. How did y'all repair the relationship with Barry Sanders? Can you touch on that a little bit? Because it was kind of shaky I, a little I, bit, wasn't it? To be honest, the, when that relationship was being mended, that was before my time covering the team. So, I can't speak to that one with the um with what about Calvin though? Calvin just happened recently too, right? Now Calvin I can now Calvin I can speak to. Speak on that. Megatron coming back in the fall. Calvin, okay, so 
the Calvin relationship started really with um, Sheila Fordham coming to, you know, the, 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 the daughter. She took over from my mom, Martha Ford. She didn't really have too much of a hand in herself, but Mike Disner in the, in the Lions, front office, Lions front office, he started reaching out to Calvin to foster the relationship. A lot, you know, they, they had were in communication, allowed Calvin to go ahead and throw his camp on the Lions headquarters, um, inviting him out to camp. Dan and Dan and um Calvin have a relationship from playing days. So that's how that relationship started getting real thought out. Uh, of course, he, he has not gotten his money back yet, but they've been doing everything in their power to show the proper reverence and um, respect to him as a Lions legend that the previous regime did not. And I believe that is what is starting to begin to thaw things because now you got Calvin rooting for the Lions and picking them to win the North. He wouldn't even speak at all about this team prior to that. So I, I think my, you got to give a lot of credit to Mike Disner um, in the Lions front office for going ahead and fostering that relationship and thawing the ice out. There, there's a guy that we have a current rocky relationship with, and I, I, well, it's two guys actually, it's Justin Houston and Eric Berry. I, man, I would love to see them invited back and treated with the proper respect they deserve. I love that y'all did that because. Yeah, Calvin was mad at y'all for a while. Like, he would rather retire than play. And that was two guys that were just generational guys that would rather retire than play. Like, you, it's crazy as a fan to think that my favorite guy doesn't even like my team anymore. So, I I, I look at y'all as an example because we got to get it right with Eric Berry. At least Eric Berry, we got to get it right. Yeah, Cal, Calvin um, it started with his money. Well, to take that back. Calvin had ended with his money. That was the that was the cherry that was the cherry on the Sunday or the sprinkles, whatever. That was like the final <laughs> call. He did, they took his money, but the relationship with Calvin and the Lions, just from personally talking to Calvin and talking to people, that began to sour when they fired Jim Caldwell, mm-hmm. because um, it it was it was one of those things where it's kind of like with Dan Campbell. Those guys played for them. I've talked to Calvin. I've talked to Stephen Tullick. I've talked to Joy Bell. As a matter of fact, I worked with Joy Bell for a couple of years. They said that Jim Caldwell was more than a coach. Jim Caldwell was like a father. He said, he, they said they taught, they said Jim Caldwell taught them more, taught them about the game of football, but taught them more about life and how to be men. And when you fire that, and tell him that what he's not doing is enough and you're not bringing in the proper players to go ahead and keep that train moving, then, you know, it was a wrap. Like Calvin said to me personally, when they didn't bring back all the team, all the players from that 2014 year, when they didn't bring back that defense, he just literally said, oh, F it. We're not going to win. <laughs> then they didn't bring none of the pieces back. So that's how – from from there on, with the losing and then having to pull his money back, that's when that whole relationship started to fracture. Yeah, I think Caldwell is one of the the worst fires in history. Like you said, nine and seven was gold for the Lions at the time. Um, like you said, they they all were playing for him, and just to get rid of him and bring in a a, a Matt Patricia, uh, just because the Patriots, you know, stink on him. Awful and decision. traded away every productive player, <laughs> got rid of every productive player. 
that was there. I mean, you trade, you trade, you trade Darius Slay, and then mm -hmm. you take Okuda with the number three overall pick. I mean, right. it would have made more sense to keep Slay and to draft Okuda if you want to do that. And that way you got, you know, a dynamic tandem out there. But you don't trade your best cornerback and then draft a rookie one. And not only that, you don't telegraph that you're making that pick before the draft. Yeah, they was hustling backwards for real, man. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I was very upset about that Jim Carver fire. I said, dude, this is the best coach y'all done got in I don't know how long, like mm -hmm. nine to seven. That was that was major progress for the Lions. I feel like y'all was gonna be on y'all way. I, I tell you what, and, and, and not many people really know this. This was not really a organization. That was that, that was a, that was not really a, a a super like family move. That was more so of like, okay, you hire Bob Quinn to be the general manager. You gotta let him go ahead and bring your guy in. But from what I've been told by people was that the Lions did not want to fire Jim Caldwell like the family. Matter of fact, from what I was told, Jim Caldwell has a special ring that the Lions um, then owner, Martha Ford, gave him that only her husband, William Clay Ford, had. That's how much they loved Jim Caldwell. So it was basically like, okay, if you're making us fire a guy we don't like to bring in your guy, the clock is on right now. That's why you see they didn't last that full third season. They got fired two and a half years into the regime. Matter of fact, I believe I can't remember who I want to say Matt Prater made that game winning kick against the Red against the then Redskins that year. Um, Malcolm added, but if he didn't make that kick, they would have got fired that week. Mm. But mm. wow, he made that kick wow. and they got an extra stay. And then when they got blitzed, I believe on Thanksgiving, that was it. Mm. Why Matt Patricia, bro? <laughs> Why? Because you hired Bob Quinn, and Bob Quinn is from the Patriots, so he's gonna bring his boy over. If I yep. look at Bob, and, and I, it, it's nepotism. I mean, yo, if I get hired and I see my boy over there, um, still coach, hey, yo, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the seat now. You wanna come be him? You wanna come be my head coach? But the thing about it is, and I, and I get why the Lions did it. The Lions wanted to be a winning organization, so they thought, okay, let's go ahead and go pull from the, the the standard but what for me what i don't understand most people understand is if it ain't bill belichick and tom brady together it don't work and now hey, Corey, Corey, ask us how brady, we know it don't work hey Corey, ask us how we know how that whole thing plays out the patriot thing ask us mm -hmm. how we know <laughs> oh God, Scott Peel ain't no candy wrappers. Uh, Lord, thirteen. <laughs> we are the equivalent yeah, today. We are yeah. Todd Haley and Scott Pioli. Like it's it, it's too many exactly. too many teams try and replicate things that they seem successful instead of you know try and get the right people in the building and and you know Jim Caldwell I think obviously was that type of coach um, and, and it seems like Dan Campbell has this team moving again yeah. in the right direction certainly. And that, and that's the it was that little pencil, man. Dan Campbell has brought back that same type of feeling of guys wanting to be in the building, guys loving to come to work, work guys wanting to play for him. So as long as he – with, with him having that feather in his cap, he's going to be able to go ahead and be successful. It's, it's got it's to turn into wins, but he at least has that in, that hip, in his hip pocket that – Guys want to come in the building and play for him. I believe that's really 
half of the battle, if not more than half. Mm-hmm. What's what's the difference between the press conference now and then? Is it between Patricia it totally, and, Dan, and between Patricia and Dan Campbell? Yes, sir. Is it night? It's got to be night and day. I'm I know you look forward I'm, to going to see Dan I'm Campbell talk. I had, to, I, had to, I had to catch myself. Keep it going with me, bro. I just, I, I, no, I, I, I can imagine. I'm just asking. I'm still working. Mm-hmm. I, I almost said something. Okay, I'll put it to you like this. <laughs> Dan Campbell is not telling a guy to have some respect and sit his bleeping butt up straight in a press conference. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, Dan Campbell. He did do that, didn't he? Oh, that man. was crazy. <laughs> Dan and Campbell he... is during his press conferences, he's treating you like an adult. He's giving you all the information. One thing that I, one thing that really does that Dan Campbell really does well is Dan Campbell over communicates. So on some of the questions that you may be ready to ask him. Dan already beating you to the jump and giving you the answer. So it's like, damn, I ain't even gonna ask him that. Matt Patricia, he's coming, he's he's coming in and being disrespectful. He's coming in sometimes 20 to 30 minutes late to pressers. Mm. And I think the most I've seen Dan late for a press conference is five minutes, and he apologized profusely before he spoke a word. That, that's, just, that's, just, that's just common professionalism. You can tell that's a different way that you come into the building and, and guys interact. And I will steal country's quick PSA. This is just my thoughts and only my thoughts. Matt Patricia telling somebody to sit up straight and look presentable in a press conference is wild to me with how he presents himself to the outside world. And these are only my thoughts. And I, and I want to make it incredibly clear. It has not, <laughs> uh, nothing to do with anybody else, but these are my thoughts. Because that is insane to say to somebody. I ain't gonna even say that. That little pencil, bro. It was a little pencil. Just get rid of it. What is that? Get that out of here. What is that? I, I never use the pencil when you have a laminate board. <laughs> exactly. What are you? What are you, you doing? You got a dry eraser on the other side of the pencil. Like what are you doing? I was. I was I, 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 I'll do another one. So, all right. So at, at the um at, at the training camps at practices you know media is allowed to be on the sidelines for x y and z amount of minutes you know mm-hmm. see the guys warm up see who's there take our notes yada 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 during training camp and all that stuff we couldn't be as close to the field as we were now with dan campbell with matt patricia the writers and reporters were regulated to the bleachers on the far side of the practice field and you could not move or you were escorted out. So basically, you had to be on the far what side the of the practice field with binoculars. Wow. Yo, that's crazy. Man, what the hell? Because it, it's, and, and, he, for some yeah. reason, and also to another one, for some reason, I guess it was a workout tactic or whatnot, he had this gigantic, stupid hill built into the Lions practice into the Lions practice field making players run up and down on that uh, he, he just he did a lot of stuff that was um really kooky it, it's just it's trying too hard to, to be that that hard ass that oh we got state secrets over here and, and we're doing it different because it's the Patriots way type of thing and it's not you're not you're not reinventing the real Matt Patricia I promise you that you tried to run an offense last year and it looked awful 
That wasn't what it was, D Mac. I want to add this too. Some of the stuff I saw in, 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 in pockets, a lot of the stuff was relayed to me. So I just want to make sure I'm fair. I'm, I'm fair in that aspect. D Mac, mm -hmm. a lot of that was once you didn't did that spot gate, you don't want it to happen to you, man. So he, he, <laughs> he, he knew what he was doing, man. He's looking out for that. Yeah, they man, can't man. record me from a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Just in case. Because well, I know what I would do. <laughs> for real. Oh my God, Matt yeah, Patricia, Lord have mercy. But yeah, that's but yeah, the pencil in the ear. That's a horrible signature, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Too. That's a horrible signature. That's, I mean, we're no it. We got iPads, bro. We don't even need pencils. What are you? What are you doing with a pencil? Awful, just terrible, man. You don't balance your checkbook, <laughs> right? <laughs> But real quick though, before we before we kind of wrap it up for tonight, uh, I was want to I just, I just want to say a few things. Corey put me on while we was down in Florida doing the Disney College program. Okay, the, he introduced me to Jungle Juice for the first time. To That's who? One. Uh, Jungle Juice. You ain't never heard of Jungle Juice, Boogie? I didn't hear what you said. Okay, Jungle Juice. Okay, no, yeah, no, Jungle I have. Juice. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that night was crazy. We're not gonna get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then another. Dang, thing I made my Jungle Juice there. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, wow. like I, you know, yeah, yeah I, I, I can see how you can forget that night then. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I remember was that I was the last person to walk into the house because I was at work, everybody else was already chilling and having a good time, whatever. So, but yeah, but anyway, um, the other thing he put me on was NBA 2K because I was an NBA live guy for the longest and he had NBA 2K. <laughs> And he was like, man, shoot, this is more realistic. And I finally played him. I was like, man, you right. This game is way better than live. So I was, a, I, I, was a, I was an NBA live head. And then when they dropped that 2K on Dreamcast, I'm like. <laughs> Get this out immediately, here, though. It, it, life was it, good. So it was not I wanted to cover. It didn't last long. I mean, 2K, the, it was so violent. Yeah, yeah, bro. I when, when was Mello on the cover? That was the last good live. Oh, who was that? Oh, five. Yeah, because I yeah. think Wade was oh five. Yeah, I think Wade. Wade oh, Wade, Wade was oh four. My bad. Uh, yeah, Mello was oh no, five. Wade was oh six, I think. Yeah, I'm oh, he was oh six. Mello was a good. Mello was a good. That was a good year. I hated when you had to do two K. You had to do the arrows like oh, this. Oh, God, it was awful. That free throw oh mechanic. Oh, my God. Was like, God, that was terrible. Man. Oh, PTSD, man. <laughs> terrible flashbacks, man. Awful ones. Yeah, it was Because if you got Shaq, you're not making that free throw. Oh, <laughs> you're not making that free throw. You might want to just try to get the rebound. I mean, dog, I was trying to get it with Kerry Kittles because uh, it was just now awful, dog. I have a shot, man. <laughs> trying to get them two things in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. But, but yeah, uh, but yeah, the last live I played was 07. That was the one with T Mac on the cover, I think. So mm. after that, mm -hmm. I didn't with T Mac on the cover? Yeah. yeah. T Mac, Houston T Mac or Orlando yeah, T Mac? Houston T Mac, yep. When did when did 2K die? Because 2K died, they they took a break and then they came back and died. It was live live died. Live. Live, live. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My apologies. My apologies, 2K. 
Live tried to do 2010 and then it didn't work. And then they tried to do the NBA Elite 11 to 12, oh whatever. That, and that completely. Uh, so yeah, that was the end of that it. Was that was horrible. Was over. That that over. Remember when they tried to do the dunk contest? <laughs> Andrew Biden was standing there like he was. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to sit up here and say that NFL 2K was ever better than Madden, but I will say EA Sports was smart for going to get that NFL license because I believe he killed it. 2K would have figured it out. I think they did. They they had it in 2K5, and look, Madden 05 was still good, but like 2K5 is an amazing video game, especially with all the ESPN presentation and everything. So like, if they didn't go get that exclusive license, then yeah, they would have been. Charles bring it up every time Madden come out. He ain't played Madden in 15 years. We, but it's, it's a true. Don't talk that, about Madden. That, that, that exclusive hey, license hey, killed it though. I, it I, I gotta admit, I, I have I played Madden maybe like once in that many years. I can't remember what year I bought. I want to say I bought maybe yeah, Damn, bro. I can't remember the last one I bought. What, it was $20, mm -hmm. bro. bro. What, when Vic was on the cover? Everybody had that Vic cover. <laughs> Oh yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. That Everybody was when Madden, that was when Madden was good, man. That was when Madden was good. Yeah, that's when that's when man, that's when 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 Vic was on the cover. I, I that's when I, I'm I'm a still I'm a still a meme still from that meme. That's when you fourth and thirty two, and I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, on that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna be able to catch me with him, so it don't matter. <laughs> exactly. That I, was I, I I ain't create anything thinking that. I took that straight from a meme on fourth and thirty two. Yep. Still going with it. Don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Who was more? Who was more deadly? And we gonna move on. Michael Vick in 04 or Bo Jackson on Tecmo Bowl? <laughs> Bo Jackson on Tecmo Bowl. Oh, auto, auto, auto TD, man. Every time. <laughs> all you have to do I, is just. All you I have never, to do is steal. That's all you have to do. I never played Tecmo Bowl. But no, <laughs> I, I, I my cousin old, old school. I played it, but yeah, Bo, Bo is nasty. Bro, not only you can run around with Bo Jackson, bro, you can break tackles, all kinds of tackles with him too, dog. Like, come on, man, dude. Was <laughs> that was the beauty of him. Even if you got tackled on accident, he gonna break the tackle anyway. <laughs> exactly. accident. On accident is hilarious. <laughs> hey, but the new madness, dope, man, for real. Actually, is this is the best. Madden in a couple years. But do you agree? Do like a 360 in the air, right? When I was about to buy it, I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, you think this is the best one in a couple years? I think the gameplay is pretty cool this year. I, it, it's smoother than recent years. I, I think so. Okay. Uh, I'll take that. I, more, that's a, more, it, for me. more than it being features they added, it's the gameplay just move a little smoother. It's not yeah. as clunky. That's what we've it's been hard to explain to, it, but if you play it, you 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 yeah. understand. You you'll give me back and you'll give me back in video game football next year when I'm NCAA 2024. For sure, for sure, man. Look, for sure. I just don't want him to mess it up. I don't want him to maddenify it. Literally, just just take what was great about NC for NCAA 14 and just put it yep. put it with updated don't, graphics. Don't, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. Keep the same dynasty mode, all of it, dog. Just don't 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 do too much. Don't do too are much. Are they gonna let you are they gonna let you keep your draft class and and switch it over to Madden too? That, that would probably be a part of it. That probably I think be a they part said of it. they are. They probably will because okay. I mean they still got it, so they, they probably will. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave y'all with this. Fight night. Bring it back, please. Boxing had a hell of a year. Ask my boy Boogie. Boxing had such an incredible year. 
you can put that video game out right now and it would do numbers. Absolutely. I'm tired of I fighting agree. that fight, country. You know I was tweeting I, I for Come on. I'm you know a, I was tweeting I'm, I'm sports with for you. years. With you. Please, <laughs> just give me one fight night, please. What? One thing I will say, <laughs> if there was going to be one classic game brought back, Def Jam Fight for NY on PS2, that was one of my favorite all-time games. I would love to see it updated one just because how funny it would be. So that, that was one of my games that I loved. Yeah, I that loved would be crazy. Can you, can you imagine Lil Uzi as a fighter? Hey, <laughs> Lil Uzi got hands, like, bro. Uh, I didn't know if somebody was going to like, man, I hope they don't say something like Lil Uzi versus Lil Yachty. Hey, Lil Uzi <laughs> got hands, bro. Hey, oh man! Don't no. sleep on little Uzi hands, bro. <laughs> YouTube it, bro. Hey man, we, we gonna get, bro. We gonna get Cardi I'm a, B I'm versus Nicki in this. the NY subway, dog. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait to see Glorilla versus Sexy Red in <laughs> in the subway. Oh man! Oh, oh my! Hey, happy 2K day tomorrow, also, man. After the Chiefs win, after the Chiefs win. We logging on 2K24, Kobe edition. Kobe. We get it in, man. R.P. Kobe, uh, man. Man, I spent a lot. I know my money's going. <laughs> yeah, Corey, me too. I just uh, thank I you for, for reminding me. I'm working so much, I didn't even realize that day was coming. Yeah, I got to grab it. I got to grab yeah. it. <laughs> Look, Boogie. <laughs> I'm off all weekend, bro. I, I, I won't go back to work till Monday. It's up. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. about to be head of the leaderboard. Look for me, man. I'm, I'm coming for it. <laughs> Boogie going to have football on one TV and everything. Kobe and the you think I don't got the set up, set up, D-Man? Oh, for sure, dog. I know yeah. you got it, book. I know you Shit. got it. It's up. <laughs> All right, so before 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 we go, Corey, real quick, though, um, I just want to get your prediction on the NFL season in general. All right, do you see us repeating, or do you see mm. the Detroit Lions be becoming the second team in a row to host the NFL draft the next season and be the Super Bowl champs? Or do you see somebody else getting to the fold? How you see the season playing out? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be real. I, I think y'all have a shot to repeat. I'm not – I I think I, I think y'all going to get there. I, I just do not trust anybody right now in the AFC. I, I don't trust Josh Allen and the Bills. I just don't. I mean, they're 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 – when they're good, they're always good until they're not. Um, yeah. But who I have doing their damn thing is, I think Jalen Hurts got a chip on his shoulder, and I think he's coming back for blood. So I think if I had to pick a Super Bowl favorite right now, I would go with the Eagles. That's fair. Break that pick for sure. Yeah, he's this this is what hurts the Eagles, and it's gonna hurt them again. The AFC is just so stockpiled with great quarterbacks. They don't really see it on a consistent basis. Yeah. And and you can't go 17 weeks and then go see Mahomes. It, you ain't ready for it. You yeah. ain't ready. <laughs> and that ain't even being cocky. That's just like, man, or Sue, Joe Burrow is, you can't just play 17 weeks and then you see Burrow. It's like, oh, God, we ain't Boogie, playing nothing like this. Boogie's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, whoa, Josh whoa, Allen, let's, Lamar. Let's just stick to Lamar. Yeah. yeah, let's, let's okay, not Lamar. get too yeah. much credit, man. You know, we in regular season mode over here, man. Oh, okay, yeah, man, okay. Yeah, we, let's, yeah. Let's, let's chill with that a little bit. Country dollar back just a little bit for me. Okay, yeah, they ain't never seen nothing like we got over here. That's, okay. I'm just saying the AFC is a gauntlet. 
of quarterbacks. Yeah, Every, that's you why, really that's why I said, you know, I think y'all got a I got, like I said, I think y'all got a good shot to go back because, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm when he was playing, I didn't bet against Tom Brady. Now that he's gone, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I'm just when I mean, he, hey, he could he, the, the Chiefs could lose tomorrow. I still got the the, the Chiefs coming up the AFC. I just can't just. I just have to see. I would have to see y'all fall off a cliff before mm. I don't pick y'all. Yeah, I mean, I like, and I like Joe Burrow. I like and I like Joe Burrow. And I like the um, I like the um, the, the Bengals. I, I think they they. Oh yeah, Corey, got in. Corey don't want to come I, back. I, I think if they, I think they luckily got in, and when they got against the Rams, uh, <laughs> I don't think the Rams. Um, I don't think the Rams would have beat the Chiefs. Damn, Corey, you just, you said you didn't want to come back. <laughs> Boogie, you stupid. <laughs> yeah, we watch, watch your mouth, Corey. No cussing on the show. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's almost like my uncle house. Um, he's a devout, and this might be a curse word too, but he's a devout uh, Raiders fan. And if you go in there and you say anything, oh, Tom Brady, he will show you the door. I, but I, Tom Brady's on the Raiders. He don't care. He still the tough rules still Ooh. give him nightmares. Oh, I know that hurt him. I know it do. Because nah, what really hurt is when he admitted he fumbled. Oh, when he admitted he fumbled to uh, Woodson. That 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 that. Yeah, I feel I feel y'all. I'm gonna let him that slide, hurt, on bro. That. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let your uncle slide on that. He, <laughs> yeah, because believe Peace. it or not, I think, I think the Raiders probably could have messed around and won that year too. I, I do too. Yeah. I do too. They won that year. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why he hates Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. Damn. <laughs> Magic Man is a Giants fan. Good luck with that, brother. Danny died. Y'all, y'all going down week one? Mark but it up. On. But hold on, real quick. Magic Man, the only person that can say that. His team on Tom Brady, so yeah. Man, get to the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> get to the sponsor real quick. Get up out of here. All right. Shout out to good people at Homage, man. So uh, they today they got free shipping on the U.S. orders at seventy five dollars or more. So if you spend seventy five dollars or more, you get free shipping. Uh, got the new team essentials drop. You got your pop culture stuff. You got your NFL crew next. And then you also got the go-to collection going on. And I don't see anything else dropping, but we got our own special Chiefs collection too. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And as a matter of fact, we're going to post that on our Twitter page. So go and copy some gear and pay homage. Pay homage. Give away time almost. Give away time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man. Hey man, Corey, uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. You are really from the D, man. I like you repped it well. And and we appreciate you insight, knowledgeable, great guy, man. We look forward, we look forward to beating y'all. I, I, we gotta win this game. Respectfully. Hey, Re- respectfully. Hey, Just, hey, with all due respect. Th- th- thank you for having me on. Um I, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I just got back on the Lions beat. So I've been having I've been having to play catch up this whole um this whole training camp because, like I said, I covered the Pistons too. So mm-hmm. once that once that summer league got over, it's like, oh crap, I gotta start getting back on the line stuff. So I'm playing. Like I said, I'm playing. I'm playing ping pong ball <laughs> between both between both teams 
And I don't care if nobody say keeping up with one beat is tough enough. Trying to do two is hard as hell because it's Absolutely. just so much crap to remember. <laughs> Man, touch touch on your pistons real fast. What, what they looking like? <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay. That might be an answer enough. <laughs> no, Never mind. They got Monty Williams in there, but you know, you coming off the second worst record in in team history, seventeen and sixty-five. I mean, it's really nowhere up but up. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Y'all made a good draft choice this year, and y'all rookie from last year, I think, will be better this year. I'm not saying playoffs or nothing, but one more draft pick, they should be all right. They they, they need to they need to trend towards the play in. I think people are trying to say yeah. like, oh, they got this, they got that. If you, you get close to thirty games this year, I consider that a win. You go back yeah. in the off season, you you get to get some of those, get some of that money off the book, and then get to play the free agency game again. I mean, you know. Yeah. Hey, one thing we yeah. can say is y'all beat Chuck's Lakers, so we all good, brother. So they oh. beat that Kobe Shaq combination that everybody oh, oh, gassing yeah. up. That, that ain't Chuck Lakers. Chuck Lakers. That is, is the, Chuck Lakers. The, he liked the, the Lakers. Lakers, Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that version of Lakers. Yeah. That, that version of the Lakers. Yeah, that version. Yeah. yeah. That oh, old, no. decrepit Paul Malone version. Now that's, a, now that's a curse word with me, love the, 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 the LeBron. Oh, yeah, no, that's a, a tough friend. I knew I was just going to say that. It has now, we know. now we know. Okay. Now okay. we get to the nitty gritty. That makes sense. You don't now. like LeBron. It's the anti-air rod. I have to clear this up because I, I, I got to get credibility on this. I, I respect LeBron as one of the greatest players of all time. I just – there are just players I just can't elevate him over. You got a top 100 list? You got a top 100 without him? Oh. <laughs> I don't top 100 without him. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, LeBron is nah, – LeBron is in my top three. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So you ain't, you ain't as bad as Chuck. Okay. All right. All right. All I'm going to say is Chuck got Bob McAdoo ahead of LeBron. So ben we... Wallace. <laughs> Big thanks. Charles got Byron Scott ahead of LeBron. Okay, y'all chill out. Chill out. Time out. Now you're going too far. Now you're going too far. I do not have. I heard Norm Nixon was better than. No. <laughs> you got Kurt Rambis. You got Kurt Rambis over LeBron James. And his glasses. As soon as this episode over, somebody please retweet that list for me, please. Oh, my please. God. I'm, I'm begging my, my, our listeners, please retweet Chuck's LeBron top 100 list. Please tag me, please. Okay. You don't have him in the top 100? No, no, I got him in the top 100. No, I got him in the top 100. Yeah, he was 97. I got him. No, it wasn't no 97. What, what was but... he? What was he? What was he, Chuck? He was more like 91, maybe. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my god, I need that fucking list. I ain't I need that list, man. I am not, I am not I am not the biggest LeBron fan, and he's still in my top three. That's funny. That's funny. That's a funny comment right there. You that's a hilarious comment. That's a funny. That is. That's, that's a polar comment. night. You got the comment of the night. That's, yeah, that's polar. That's you, got the, you got it. You got it, man. Absolutely. Hey, man. Shout out to the D, man. Shout out to Rip Hamilton 
in the mask. Shout out payroll, shout out V, shout out Icewear, Babyface. We mess with all that, man. We tapped in. Calico and Blackface. Ever come to the D? For real, I'm not. This ain't no like. Oh, hit me up. No, I got cousins in the D. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show y'all a real good time. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, bet. Yeah, the NFL, yeah. Draft, the NFL draft is there next year. The NFL draft is, is there yeah. next year. Oh, as long hey, as we ain't got, we ain't got to go to eight mile because I ain't got no bars on me no more. Come during the draft, I promise you, I will show you. Just come, just come to the draft. I come see you draft. there. I yeah. see you there. Yeah, say less. Sounds like a move. Sounds like a move. Yo. Hey, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta get out of here, dog. We gotta go. And the team we ride with it on our lap. <laughs> Shout out to Calico. Appreciate you, Corey. Uh, Appreciate you, definitely, Corey. Yeah, Corey, thanks for pulling up, man. That'll be that's that's our episode of Kingdom Cast here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. Till the next episode is on the Thursday night, where the banners go get this W. Football is get this W. Oh, oh, let's get it, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.